What a way to start week one. We've got games yesterday to get to, games today to preview. It's going to be a busy end of the week. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Our show today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. If you're a sports gambler, all the information, all the games, odds, lines that you could ever ask for, they're over at Bet Online. Again, where the game starts and helping us get you the podcast today. Coming up on today's show, we've got a lot to preview coming up today and, of course, a big, big game last night to go over between Penn State and Purdue. Matt Sheehan's going to come on to review what we saw on Thursday while also taking a look at Michigan State's matchup against Western Michigan here this evening for a little bit. And then also Jacob Rood has a preview of Indiana and Illinois with us, the Big Ten matchup of the day at least of course we had one yesterday too that's all coming up here today on our show we are going to also because these are some longer interviews i don't want to go too long here and i know we have a lot on saturday stuff to get to as well i'm going to be posting on saturday a recap of tonight's games as well as a preview of the games going on saturday morning to a little bit more in depth we've talked about them throughout the week here this week And we've gotten to every big game with somebody or at least in depth as much as we can here. So I'm going to have, again, a a deeper look at each of the smaller games in the non-conference schedule coming out as well as a recap of the two games here tonight. That's coming out here tomorrow on the podcast feed, YouTube, whatever it may be before those games get started up. So tune in then and, of course, Be sure, as always, to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date whenever we end up dropping something new. All right, let's get into everything that's going on here this weekend. First, though, I mentioned on yesterday's show, we'd get a recap of Minnesota and New Mexico State, too. We're going to talk about Penn State and Purdue with Matt, but the Golden Gophers blew out New Mexico State and the Aggies yesterday. At what was TCF Bank Stadium, I was going to say, now Huntington Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Uh, Mo Ibrahim was incredible exactly one year after tearing his ACL in the opener against Ohio State. In this one, 132 yards, two touchdowns on 21 carries. P.J. Fleck not exactly easing him back into it, but they know he can handle the workload there. Tanner Morgan, 174 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Perfect little game manager situation for him. Three different quarterbacks threw a pass for the Gophers. It was not close, but a 38 to nothing win for the Golden Gophers in that matchup means that I missed out on my pick of New Mexico State being able to get within 36, and I also lost out, of course, in the Penn State-Purdue matchup. Had Purdue plus three and a half, they lose by four. Heartbreaker. That will be another discussion we have with Matt Sheehan, all of the picks for today and tomorrow's games coming up with him. But Jacob Rood will actually get his picks for Penn State and Purdue as well as we talk to him before that game happens. So we'll get him on the record to start keeping track of things too. But right now for the season, I'm one and four now, which isn't good, but hey, 
not here to win. Fade me if you want to. I'm telling you what I think here on Locked On Big Ten. We're out more with Matt here in just a moment. Get some looks at the Big Ten matchup of the day with Jacob later on. That's all coming up right here on the show. But first, do you think it's okay to drive stone? Well, the truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you too. So stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Back in here on Locked On Big Ten, as we start to preview week one around the conference, one of the conference matchups of the week takes place here on Friday, Indiana against Illinois. A couple of teams who aren't necessarily projected to be at the top of the Big Ten standings this season but a couple of teams who have a chance to start off the season with a Big Ten win because of that, since they're playing each other here in week one. Jacob, first off, before we get to Indiana, Illinois already played. Looked pretty good against Wyoming. What did you think about the effort that they showed out with that big, big win? Well, yeah, I mean, Chase Brown looked really good. Uh, That was one of the the biggest things. Not necessarily a surprise. Uh, I think everybody expects him to be one of the top running backs in the conference this year, but 151 yards, 19 carries was um, impressive from him. I think the other thing was defensively, uh, particularly when it came to uh, I or Wyoming, excuse me, his passing game, it was non-existent. Five of 20 for 30 yards and an interception. Uh, Illinois secondary is really good, which is going to be a, an interesting challenge for an IU team that has so many uncertainties on the offensive end. Let's talk more about how that leads into this matchup. What do you think IU is going to be able to do with a guy like Chase Brown? It's it's going to be interesting. Uh, there are certainly a lot fewer questions on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, when it comes to Indiana, Tom Allen went back to taking our play calling duties defensively, so he has a little bit more... I guess, responsibility or say on the defensive side of the ball, and that's where he's made his name. So some room for optimism there. Uh, Defensive line was an area that had a fair amount of turnover. Uh, Some new faces are stepping in there. And then you obviously lose Micah McFadden uh, to the the draft. So uh, some hole or pretty big hole to fill in the linebacking core as well. So that front seven has some questions and – Having to match up against somebody like Chase Brown right away is going to be a tough challenge. Uh, it, if they can, that front seven can kind of hold the fort down and allow the secondary to not have to kind of move into the box to help uh, slow the rundown, I think Indiana would be in a really good position. But there's a lot of faces, new faces across the board, maybe not as much defensively, but a lot of new faces across that defensive line at least that are going to be kind of thrown into the fire this week with uh, with this matchup against um, an Illinois team that's going to run the ball a lot. Jacob, you haven't been shy about how you're not really optimistic about where the ceiling's at for this IU team. Do you think they should be favored as they are against Illinois here this week? <laughs> it's It's been really weird following the line for, uh, for this game because – it opened up at around three or four during the summer. Yep. It got all the way up to six uh, about midway through uh, August. I was favored by six points, which I thought felt 
crazy. I think I use this will be an even matchup, and it's come down to I think IU by one and a half now, but it's been all over the place. Um, being at home probably slightly favor Indiana. I think this is legitimately just kind of a toss-up game. I'm maybe I mean you could make the argument maybe a little bit of advantage to Illinois for having a week zero game, but then you're still going on the road under the lights. Uh, Memorial Stadium is going to be uh, really full. 40,000 people is what they're expecting, which for an IU football game is a lot. Um, so a, a pretty good crowd turnout. It's going to be a, a pretty fun environment. So I think this game's legitimately a toss up. I, on my podcast, I, took IU minus a point and a half. I feel decent about them in this game, but it's going to be a tight one. So what are you trying to learn here in week one about Indiana? Because there's a lot of questions to be answered with this roster right now. What do you think are the biggest ones? What the offense looks like. I know that's a kind of a really big question, but there's a, not a lot we know about this Indiana offense. Uh, the the offensive line, they return almost everybody. And then outside of that, it was almost entirely turned over uh, from wide receivers to tight ends to running backs to quarterbacks. We still don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. And assuming it's not leaked in the final hours leading up to the game, we're not going to know until he lines up under center for the first play from scrimmage. So um starting there to the running back situation to uh the the IU offensive coordinator Walt Bell said that they're planning on playing nine wide receivers this season uh so there's no sort of certainty at all there um it so the i guess the answer to that question is just figuring out what the offense looks like who's going to be the the contributors who's going to step up there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of shoes to fill. There's a, it, it's just, there's so much uncertainty and so many questions about this offense. I earnestly don't know what to expect. I mean, in the past, Walt Bell's been more of a run first offense. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's what he's going to do. We have Sean Shivers transfer from Auburn back there. The second, uh, in the depth chart and the running backs will be a true freshman most likely. So there's just so many new faces, so much chemistry that'll need to be built. So the biggest thing I'll be looking at is just what this offense can do. Having not a ton of time together, relatively speaking, um, trying to figure some things out on the fly. And I wish it were coming against Idaho or Western Kentucky and not Illinois, but, can't really control that it'll make for a more interesting game but there's a lot we're going to learn about the offense for IU to uh, on Friday a lot of questions but again a chance for both of these teams to get a win in the Big Ten conference to start off the season and both of them feel of course like they've got a good shot at it despite all those question marks that's what makes this game all that intriguing and it's also what makes the line pretty intriguing you mentioned from Bet Online, Jacob, we're going to try and when we have people on here from our local experts around the Locked On Network, get as many picks as we can from people throughout the season, keep track, see who can do it best among the people that we get here on the show consistently. So 
let's get our start with you with the Indiana Illinois game first. Of course, IU minus one and a half right now. It started the week at three, has moved a point and a half throughout the week, Jacob. I'll get my picks in at another point in the show when we talk to Matt. What do you have in that game? Uh, it's close enough that I feel like I have to pick IU minus one and a half. I, it's going to be a fun game, um, but I'll side with the Hoosiers. I, I think they come away with the win, and I th- the score I predicted was 23-20 in this one. All right, let's keep going. We'll do it real quickly here as we just go through the rest of the lines. Uh, starting off with a matchup between, and I don't know if I have them all actually here, but we'll start with Penn State-Purdue. We're talking Penn State-Purdue or talking uh, before that game happens here, so we can actually get that pick. You will know what happens when you're listening, but it's three and a half in favor of the Nittany Lions in West Lafayette. Uh, as an IU grad, I think I'm legally obligated to pick Penn State in this one. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'll pull it up over on my computer now, actually, if the lines aren't going to show up on my pad here. But, huh. As we continue along now down the line into the rest of them, uh, New Mexico State's 36-point underdogs against Minnesota. I don't know if we want to get into that one. We'll start off with the closer games first. Of course, the biggest game of the weekend is Ohio State minus 17 against Notre Dame. Um, I think Ohio State's really good. I, I'll take Ohio State in that one even with that big line. Uh, Michigan State minus 21 against Western Michigan. That one's a little more interesting. Um, I'll still take Michigan State in that one, though. And I'll leave the big ones as optional for you, I guess. Michigan's minus 30 and a half against Colorado State. And then Minnesota, again, minus 36th in a game that will have already happened by the time people are listening to this against New Mexico State. Yeah, I the Minnesota-New Mexico State game is actually kind of fun because there's some back-and-forth smack talk. Uh I'll say Minnesota might run up the score on this one. I might take Minnesota minus 36 on that one. All right. Well, for the games that already happened, I had uh, Purdue and I had the New Mexico State side. So we'll see who ends up being on the right end of it, Jacob. Thank you for joining us to help us preview this Indiana-Illinois matchup too, which is, as we just went over, the best one as far as actual like point spread and what people think is going to be a close game in the entire conference this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see who looks better between those two teams on Friday. And of course, interesting to hear what you think about whatever comes out of Indiana this weekend to next time we talk. Thanks as always for joining us, Jacob. We'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to it. Be sure to subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers. Jacob's there every weekday, just like we are here. Nate Dickinson here, Matt Sheehan's with us. We're talking just moments after a Big, big Thursday night, Big Ten matchup to start off the season and start week one off of the bang, Matt. Penn State 35-31, to 31, the final score after a late, long drive by Sean Clifford and the Penn State Nittany Lions gets them that win in Indiana. And the Nittany Lions just get a win that I said beforehand on the show today, both these teams had similar I think trajectories going into this season, but I thought whoever came out of this game with the win was going to have a huge, huge boost to start it off with more than what it just meant, of course, for the Big Ten standings. Penn State, I think, showed that it's the more ready team to at least be good. I had that in my notes. Penn State 
at a whole lot of different times tonight looked like the team that is more ready to be top 25, whatever that is. No, 100%. And look, you never apologize for road wins in your own conference, especially when that's week one at an environment like ross Aid, where, hey, how many times have we seen ranked teams go in there and walk out with all their limbs severed off? I mean, yeah, Penn State took that game from the jaws of victory from Purdue as well. Purdue was in very good standing to win that game. But look, Penn State had a great performance out of Sean Clifford. That's what we miss from college football, right? These great individual performances. We miss the outright utter confusion. Like Purdue's clock management at the end right there. And just the atmosphere was great. The game was great back and forth. Hey, look, week zero was fun. You know, cute little warm up to the season, but no, no, no. Week one is where it really gets serious and what a great way to kick off this weekend right here. So, hey, look, both teams have good things to take away. We might get into a little later, but yeah, if you're Penn State, you are jazzed to be leaving Ross 8 Stadium at night with a victory. Never apologize for that. What do you think of how Purdue handled things at the end there? Well, when you have the lead in the fourth quarter and your next 15 plays are 14 pass plays and one called run. I, I question that a little bit, Nate, don't you? I, it's impossible to not. Look, I know we're doing a lot of hindsight talk right here, but even in the moment, it was like second and six. We have less than three minutes. Penn State has two timeouts that you'd probably like them to burn. Yeah, I'll just sling, sling the ball 14 yards off our back foot. That, why not? That was crazy. That was nuts. But whatever, I guess you put – the ball in the best player's hands, Aiden O'Connell on that team. I get Purdue doesn't really have an established run game, but just knee the ball. I, you you got to find a way to choose, to choose some time off the clock or at least get the timeouts out of Penn State's pockets. But I, whatever, again, that's uh, Monday morning quarterbacking right there is what they call it. Wow, it's fast, fascinating. Questionable choices there at the end. Yeah. And then you had not really choices, but at the end of the first half, Purdue absolutely just blew it too. the fumble. And yeah. then t- not only taking away those points, but of course you just have the two yard or two play 80 yard, whatever it was drive with right. however many seconds it was. It ends up being two. It was uh, just absolutely brutal. And I, I tweeted something like it at halftime, but I don't know who had the bigger, blowout disappointment loss at the end whether it was purdue or north or nebraska over the last week or so oh wow that's i want to say nebraska just because of everything last year too you know nine losses all single digit and this year is just more of the same like this isn't that wasn't the first game of the 2022 season for nebraska that might as well have just been like the 10th loss from the 2021 season because it was the same fashion (laughs) just uh, different players wearing different jerseys but that might be more hard to digest if you're a Nebraska fan. But, yeah, that's not to say that Purdue fans are just driving back home all, hey, we tried our best. That was a good game. We don't feel too bad with the loss. No, that was a that was a punch in the right in the groin area if you're a Purdue fan. <laughs> Man, it's two tough losses for the fan bases there. Um, but, hey, look, at, Purdue's got something fun in Charlie Jones. Aiden O'Connell's still good. I like their tight end. I, you know, there's some good things to look at. And you are in the Big Ten West where – Look, the, the team that's going to go to Indianapolis is probably going to have three Big Ten losses. I mean, it's you're still squarely in play for Indianapolis. Yes, it's going to be a dogfight with Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all those teams. But their schedule fills out nice for them. Their crossover games are still Indiana, who I think stinks out loud. And then they got to go to Maryland. But look, they got their toughest crossover game out of the way. 
Now, can you just keep your head over water or blood, really, uh, in the Big Ten West <laughs> to see if you could just kind of tread water um, and just maybe net out with three losses because that might be good enough to get to Indy. That might be good enough to get to Indy in the Big Ten West. So we'll see. Some of the things I wanted to learn and just some takeaways, I think uh, both quarterbacks I thought were fine, at least at yeah. first. And uh, at the very beginning, they were both playing really well and just I think also just weren't being asked to do a ton, ton at first on either side. Uh, O'Connell finishes with 365 yards, Clifford 282 and four touchdowns. It was plenty of scoring for a Big Ten kickoff kind of game. And yeah. I think on both sides, you have enough positives to take away here to be able to say, okay, we can be good football team. Uh, but obviously Penn State has the W. It has a whole lot of momentum going its way. And for Purdue, I mean, I mentioned it going in. This isn't a football school. It had an opportunity to beat a blue blood to start things off, and it just didn't quite get there. I don't know what that means for the rest of its season, but it's – just a tough loss to take when you had the kind of aspirations Purdue did and still does to start yeah. off this year. You just can't fall into the Nebraska trap of what they did last year. Lose every game by single digits or just lose the way you did. Have a late lead, cough it up. Because once you do that, you know, two times start the season. Okay, then you see it become three times. Next thing you know, it, it's just contagious. But I, I think that they're pretty headstrong, though. Look, Aiden O'Connell is 37 years old. He's very experienced. He's a good captain and leader to have on this team. I think Jeff Brown's going to have everyone's head screwed on tightly enough where, you know, I don't think that they are going to let this get contagious. But, yeah, that, that's, like, the only additional worry that you have if you're a Purdue fan. It's like, oh, we were just right there. And, oh, no, maybe that keeps happening throughout the year. But, <laughs> hey, that's why we stay tuned to 11 more weeks of football, Nate. A just a bad, bad way to lose an opening football game if you're Purdue and the Tough. Boilermakers. Hopefully they can bounce back and, of course, make something good out of this because I still do believe Purdue has a good football team in there. But we'll end up yep. seeing how this affects things in the next few weeks and the start of the season for both teams. Because I mentioned it before, again, I think that this game, especially maybe not in the first couple of weeks when they're playing a bunch of pushovers, but when you get into the thick of things, I think is a big indicator, at least as to where which team is at to start off the season. Uh, Matt, while we got you here, let's go over a little bit of things from the weekend for Big Ten football, starting with your Michigan State Spartans starting the season, of course, over against Western Michigan. Uh, what I do you think? Be is, more excited. Yeah, what I, do you think I, Spartans I are going to do here this weekend? I, look, the spread's at 22 right now. The last I checked on betonline.net. That, that sounds pretty good. I mean, look, Western Michigan has a pretty good defense for the MAC, arguably the best defense in the MAC. But still, at the end of the day, that is a group of five unit. And then on the other side of the ball for their offense, they, they lost four of their top five pass catchers. All right, they're replacing their quarterback. They're replacing both their offensive tackles. This is a prime spot for our defense to feast. And if you followed Michigan State last year, just from the outside looking in, you might laugh at that, being like, oh, their best defense sucked. You're going to get carved by a new quarterback that's a redshirt freshman from Kalamazoo. Well, if that happens, then, yeah, we're feeling horrible about the rest of the season because this is a very passable test for our secondary. Like I said, new receiving core for Western, new quarterback, new tackles. If MSU doesn't win by, you know, a comfortable margin, then it starts to get a little nervous, but – also, if, if they let this guy go off for like even 250 yards, 
a pair of touchdowns, I start to tug the shirt collar a little bit, like, oh my God, maybe things aren't solved <laughs> in one off season, but <laughs> I'm never more excited, never more scared, but look, I, I this should, let me knock on wood here. This should be uh, a, a relaxing win when it cut, when it gets like the third or fourth quarter should be a relaxing win. Should be. Should be. <laughs> Well, well, you mentioned it. Uh, Michigan State's minus 22, according to our friends at Bet Online. Minus 21, actually. It started the week at 22, but 21 okay. right now, at least, is what I have it most recently on my sheet. 21 is an interesting number. I mean, it's, as you mentioned, yeah. major against mid major, but it's not like the, let's say, 36 point spread we saw for the game last night, tonight, when we're talking here on the show. But it, it was, uh, 21 points what do you have my record after the two losses yesterday from penn state and minnesota that i took uh is it one and four on the year you were zero and two after two losses last week i was not good yeah i i know that much um <laughs> it's uh, what, what are you gonna do though uh do you know what I do like this game, though, actually, is – and you know me, Nate, I, I love my totals. I think the over-under last I checked was at 54, I want to say, for Michigan State, um, Western Michigan. I like the under this game for everything I just talked about with Western. You know, I, I don't have a doubt MSU can do their job and get close to 40 points, but maybe it doesn't happen because Western has a good defense. I just – look, I know I'm jinxing myself into oblivion, and now Michigan State's going to lose, like, by 50 points. But, like, I just – I can't see a world where Western Michigan's offense – rips off like over 25 points you know like I, I think that they will be kept under like two touchdowns under 17 points so i think that under 54 is going to be the player so that, that's what i feel strongest with about this game as we as we move forward into uh the betting weekend i'm going with michigan state minus the 21 i already had of course penn state purdue i had Pettner, Purdue plus three and a half and new mexico state plus 36 neither of those teams could get it done Moving on, maybe the most intriguing matchup of the weekend from a conference standpoint is the only other conference game we've got. It's Indiana against Illinois. Neither of these teams are any good, but Indiana's a point and a half favorite, which actually makes this a very interesting game to talk about from that standpoint. Right. I'm flummoxed that they are actually the favorites in this game. Yeah, I I get that Illinois won last week, and it's, oh, you're just falling in love with Illinois because they beat a bad Wyoming team. Like, Betters no, agree with I, you. Indiana started as three points in the week. See, there we go. Because what I see in Illinois is I see an incredible running back who I think is squarely in the upper third of the Big Ten as far as running backs go. And their offensive line, too. These are some big boys right here. They're all over 300 pounds. Most, if not all of them, are on the 320-pound mark. They will just lean on teams over and over again. I like what I saw from DeVito. The quarterback, no, you know, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a Heisman campaign guy or even in maybe the upper third of Big Ten, but he was solid enough. And he came from a place in Syracuse where he was getting sacked almost two times per play. It was unbelievable how little pocket protection that he got. So now he actually is at a place where he he can throw the ball without having PTSD every single dropback. So that seemed to do well for him against Wyoming. I get it. Believe I get it. Indiana is different than Wyoming. But I still don't have a lot of faith in Indiana this year. Uh, I, I'm still not there with the Hoosiers. And that pains me to say, because I like Tom Allen. I think he's a really fun coach. You know, what a fun program to root for. Um, that, that old COVID year run that they had was a lot of fun. But 
well, I just don't see it with them, man. And I, I just don't get it with Illinois being underdogs, especially with how well teams can do from week zero to week one. You have that one game under your belt. You got the game experience. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, sometimes it does make the difference. I think it'll make the difference here with Illinois. So that's a long way of me saying um, responsibly hammering uh, Illinois plus one and a half here on the road. I've got the same thing for the same reason. Illinois just looked good last weekend, and that's more yeah. than what you can say from anything else that you got out of this matchup. Good uh, yeah. <laughs> next game is Rutgers plus seven on the road against Boston College. Sure. What's I, I you know what? I'm I'm actually gonna I, this I'm actually gonna be responsible now. I'm not just gonna joke about that. This is a game I pass on because I have no idea what the heck is gonna happen. You know, <laughs> I don't know the quarterback situation going on with Rutgers. Uh, I just never know what's going on with Boston College at any given moment. So I just have to stay away from this game. If I'm gonna do it, it's it's maybe after I have uh, a few too many fireballs. Yes, I'm wearing my WTF. Where's the fireball shirt in preparation for tailgating today? Maybe I want to get a little bit of action on Rutgers and Boston College. I'll just do a unit on the over uh, just blindly. Why not? That's always fun. But no, I would. I can't in good conscience say that I will be betting this game because I would be irresponsible, I think. <laughs> I'll take the Boston College side. I agree. There's a lot to figure out with Rutgers, and I don't yeah. know uh, to be fair all that much more about Boston College, if any, but – I, I just know that I think Rutgers could be a little bit of a mess. And if they're seven point underdogs, I can see him losing it by that much. Sure. Uh, sure. Last game. I wanted to make sure that we talk about, of course, Ohio state, Notre Dame. It's at 17 points start of the week at 17 and a half. But we, we talked to Jay Stevens and asked the same questions earlier this week. Can you be 17 points better than a top five team? Right. I know, and I, I'm so scarred from what happened last year uh, in their game against Oregon. I know a lot has changed. Like, the, the whole defensive scheme and the coaching staff has changed with the defense, and that the Buckeyes probably won't get any worse than they were in that game last year against Oregon, but still. Like, I just have flashbacks to them getting stunned. Not, not just not even covering the spread, but stunned outright, obviously, to an Oregon team. So, man, 17.5 is a metric Bought ton of points to be giving to a top five team, just like you said. So am I going to be a coward and stay away from that? Absolutely. I will be a coward and stay away from that. Instead, I'm going to be going the over because yeah, um, the question marks with Ohio state's defense will probably be solved early on. I still have them. So maybe Notre Dame can put up some points, but also it's just kind of how a few games ago I said, I don't trust Western's offense to carry the total to the over. I absolutely trust Ohio state's, uh, end of their bargain to help push that over. So I I'm going to be taking the over here in Ohio State Notre Dame because that a that's fun and b I just think it's a smart bet to make. So there we have it. Let's let's try it. Let's try it. Let's give it a try. It sound logic. I'm going to go Ohio State with the points uh, minus seventeen and a half. Not with the points, I guess. I guess against the points, but sure. I think their team's that good. Uh, but we'll end up finding out for sure here on Saturday. Matt Sheehan. Best of luck to your Spartans. If you want to know everything that's going on with Michigan State this weekend and every weekend after that, you can tune in after the weekend's done to Locked On Spartans Monday through Friday, where Matt Sarah is there to entertain you and make sure you're up to date. You know it, Nate. Thanks a lot for the shout-out, man. Always fun. Look at us just doing some 12.40 a.m. Locked On Big Ten. Just <laughs> tell me the passion isn't here. Tell me it's not here. Luckily, we got a game that will keep us awake.
God, amen to that. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. We, we could have done 20 minutes on New Mexico State versus Minnesota. I, we easily could have done that. Come on now. I was ready to. We'll be doing Illinois, Indiana with Jacob Prude here on the show as well, too. So we got Let's plenty go. to look Let's forward go. to. Fire it up. All right. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Matt, as always, for talking with us. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, you're the man.